2: welcome back to the bear report podcast my name is jeremy stoltz i'm the publisher of bearreport.com here today with bears insider aaron lemming how you doing oh doing all
3: right man it's uh getting progressively closer to the start of more off season stuff. But I think uh the biggest thing on everybody's mind, including myself, is just kinda getting down into the uh the nitty gritty of the rookie
2: minicamp and how everything went. Yeah the Bears uh this past weekend hosted three days of rookie mini camp the first practices that we've been uh, privy to since last season since uh late November, uh, December so it was really good to get out there see the uh see some uh, guys out on the field see the Bears getting back into that rhythm and to see these draft picks particularly uh, a few other guys uh, were somewhat impressive but it really it was the draft picks that stood out uh in this uh three day session it was uh, really eye opening uh, about, I mean, we'll just get right to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, you know we talked a lot in, in the pre, throughout the pre-draft process. One of the biggest problems with Trubisky was that he'd never taken a snap under center. On top of the fact that he only had 13 starts, those were the two biggest knocks on him. And we talked last week, you and I, about what we were going to see out of him and where he was going to be. You know, was he going to be at level zero, ground zero, and you know, where, where were they going to be able to build from? and I think it was obvious right away that the Bears are, are starting from scratch as far as a fundamental uh, from a fundamental standpoint technique standpoint they're starting from scratch with Trubisky I mean it was immediate uh, they came out they did their warm-ups on Friday and then uh, they went into positional drills and that just includes Dave Verdone uh, you know facing the, the quarterback just taking a knee and snapping the ball up to the quarterback something that well, you know, it's a common practice in an NFL uh, practice session. And uh, Trubisky fumbled the first one just right out of the gates. Fumbled the first one, bobbled the s- uh, second one. He then, uh, during team drills, fumbled the first two snaps, bobbled the third one. Uh, second day, fumbled the first snap of team drills, bobbled the second snap. And I believe, I want to say on Sunday, he bobbled that first snap. So, uh, you know, long term, is this something that. He can get over, yes, but I think it showed right away, just in terms of the 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 concerns that a lot of people had with him, and you know the fact that he had never played under center. How hard was that going to be? I think he'll get over it, but it's clear that you know he's not only level zero; he's like at le- level negative one.
3: Yeah, and I thought that was interesting because I know you'd done a phenomenal job with the three practice write-ups that you had, and I'd, I'd seen other people kind of talk about that as well. And I think at least looking at uh, just how other people have talked about it. I've seen a few others, you know, some scouts talk about it. I've seen just some draft guys talk about it, and it seems like if the the biggest of the worries with Trubisky is going to be taking the snap, and that's going to be the biggest issue, then I, I think they're in pretty decent shape. I thought it was interesting that John Fox actually said he had a great camp, because uh, usually John Fox doesn't really speak too positively or really give out too much. Granted, he didn't really give out that much anyway, but Overall, outside of the issues that he had, I mean, can you just kind of explain exactly I mean what did was he as advertised and everywhere else? I mean was in terms of accuracy I mean how did anybody else really stand out that he was throwing to um, sure. with Shaheen any any of those guys?
2: yeah well we'll stick with Trubisky and then we'll move to the receivers but because uh, there's a lot to talk about with him because yes uh, coming out of this uh, coming out of center, Dow Loggins had to step up kind of just kind of go over the basic fundamentals. Of, of footwork when you when you're getting out there what a play action uh what you have to do in terms of a play action fake before you do you pull off the, the bootleg rollout none of the none of that that was all foreign to him uh so it was just really interesting that the, you know not only getting out from under center but also just uh, handing the ball off from center the different angles that you're going to have to take uh, from center whether you're going left or right pitching the ball uh, from center, that's different than just you know pitching it to the left or right. That you know it's a different angle. That you, all that stuff has to be taken into consideration. So I do think that uh, that's going to be a process, and it's going to be really interesting to watch here as we move through OTAs and the training and training camp. I, I suspect by training camp, a lot of those issues will be gone. Uh, but it's definitely you know uh, don't be surprised if in the preseason there there are a couple uh, snaps uh fumbled snaps. Uh, but then. They moved into the shotgun, and that was in, during uh, team drills as well as the 7-on-7. Seven seven. And all of a sudden, it was a different player. And you saw the player that we saw on film at North Carolina. You and I both agreed he was the best quarterback in the draft. And we, I saw that accuracy. I saw that arm strength. Some of the film work that I did with, uh, when he was with North Carolina uh, was him throwing balls from the far hash to, like, 12, 15-yard out routes. Those are NFL-level throws, not easy throws in the weak-armed uh, quarterback's those are the dangerous throws for those types of players but uh one of his first throws was to Tanner Gentry who I want to get to later but uh one of his first throws was a, a, I believe it was like a 12 yard out route and that was from the far hash and just drilled it cornerback had no opportunity to make a play on the ball and it was right on the money with velocity and and I think in his first seven on seven session he he completed his first seven passes really just trying to you know picking apart the defense and uh, I'm not getting over I'm not going to overblow anything uh, in terms of you know his success against the defense that was out there most of those players will never play in, in the NFL but you know in terms of his uh you know decision making accuracy uh you know like I like I talked about velocity you know getting the ball out quick getting it there on target I mean I saw all of that and I saw it was very very evident uh that first day now what what was interesting is that he seemed to fade a little bit during the weekend, and, and it might have been just uh, you know the the you know the the grind of his first NFL weekend. Uh, I think a lot of guys probably had a little bit of a struggle there. They you know a lot of guys haven't practiced for how many months? You know, three four months. So a, a lot of this was new to them. His accuracy did seem to dip off a little bit. Uh, did seem to get tired uh, toward the end of the second practice, and that seemed to carry over into that third practice. But when he was fresh, when he was at his best, yes, man, I, I'm telling you, he looks like. A legit NFL quarterback and you know we'll see what happens here if he can get over these humps of you know getting out from under center and just taking care of those fundamental things man uh, you know from what I've seen of Mike Lemon on film and what I just saw from Mitch Trubisky up close Trubisky is the better player
3: well and that kind of brings up an interesting point because you know, I know a lot of people when they went to watch him this year, especially with the uh, Sean Kaiser and with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, those dudes have cannons and, and Davis Webb, the same thing. So I think a lot of people, when they watch those guys and especially somebody like a Patrick Mahomes, his arm talent is very comparable to I'd say something like an Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, I don't think he'll ever be that good of a player, but that's the kind of arm talent he has. So I think when a lot of people, including myself, when I first watched Trubisky, it's one of those things. He doesn't have a cannon per se. He doesn't have a Jake Cutler arm. But he has a surprisingly good arm. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, he consistently made, especially in college. I mean, I've, I've literally watched every every snap that I've been able to get a hold of, uh, going back to basically 2014 on of him, and he's consistently made NFL-style throws. I mean, you talk about the you know the the sideline throws and the and the, and the outs and the different things that he was able to do and i mean that's something that i think is going to surprise people and i think it was i want to say it was john moon Mullen was saying something along the lines of that he was getting similar zip on his throws to somebody like a cutler and i think we're not going to see that huge arm we're not going to see the gunslinger mentality but i think we're going to see i at least in my opinion from what i've seen from him on on tape i i think we're going to get somebody who's going to be a little bit more controlled and may not have quite the ability but I don't think we're ever going to question any of his ability. I mean, he's somebody who's going to be able to make all the throws, be able to do everything he needs to do. So with that being said, obviously, like you said, there's going to be some things that he's going to need to work on. Uh, I can't even imagine what these guys are mentally going through. I mean, this is – you go from – playing at a college level to doing all this and uh, especially with Trubisky being the number two overall pick uh, and I'm sure you could attest to this because I saw it all over online there was a ton of national media there I mean this is this is something that was really big uh, so that's a lot of pressure in itself so I think just kind of getting I mean these like you said these guys he's not really ever going to play with outside of a very select few so when I think about that uh, I wonder, I mean, it, let's say he makes a good amount of progression. I mean, we're just getting into the off-season programs. There's going to be OTAs, and the mini-camp starts in uh, in late July. or Sorry, uh, training camp starts in uh, late July, so it's, you kind of have to wonder. Let's say he comes out, and he makes a lot of improvements, and he's playing better than Mike Glennon. I know this is going to be something that we're going to talk about a lot, but if he outplays Mike Glennon, I mean, do you start him?
2: I think the Bears would love to start him. Uh, i but I don't think they're going to do it unless he earns it. Uh, you know, it, it's risky to put a quarterback out there, and, and they they would love to get him out there and and see what he can do, see if he can win games right away, and just see what they have in him. Uh, but that that's only if he earns it, and I think that he's really going to have to blow Mike Glennon out of the water. I think ideally, or probably a more likely scenario, is that he ends up. You know, Bears. Like we've talked about, the schedule is rough early on. The Bears probably go one and five to start the season, and then you might then you might see uh, Mitch Trubisky. I think that's a more likely scenario. But I don't think it's a closed door. Uh, you know close competition in terms of the quarterback position just because of what Mike Glennon makes I think if Trubisky comes out there and is just far and away the better quarterback I think they'll start him I absolutely do and I I want to go back to the point that you brought up about his arm and you know the comparisons to Jay Cutler and uh, I was talking to a couple of the other guys who were there and the biggest difference is that what Cutler did was so effortless when you saw you know when Cutler throw it didn't you know he wasn't you know it wasn't a big full body throw with a you know a big huge step underneath him and just really torquing his body. I mean he just he just flicked his wrist and that ball came out like a cannon. So uh, rarely are you going to be able to see players who can do that. Aaron Rodgers has the, has that type of arm, but you know Cutler was kind of on a different level when it when it came to that. That that type of throwing style, but it, it, so it, t- it does take Trubisky a little bit more effort to get the ball out. But you know his missiles are comparable to the missiles that Jay Cutler threw. Again, they'll, they'll never be that, that. You know they'll never have the smoke that Cutler had uh, behind the ball. But I mean when he when he really dialed it up. Not only was it in, was he able to fit the ball in between tight windows, but the, his accuracy—that's the biggest difference there. At least, you know, from what I was able to see over the uh, his first three practices, is, you know, he he has more touch on the the intermediate and deep passes than Jay Cutler ever did, and I think that allows him to, you know, where Cutler might have been able to fit the ball into a tight window and a fi- into a five yard window. I think Trubisky's going to be able to do that on maybe a 15, 20-yard window and really put it where only the receiver is going to be able to get it, keep the ball out of harm's way. We saw that last year. Only six interceptions compared to 30 uh, touchdowns. He's, he wasn't playing Division Two uh, level competition. There's something to be said about that. So ball placement, I think, is going to be huge with him. And when you combine that with the arm strength that, that, that I saw, which is probably, I don't know, right now maybe seven and a half, eight out of 10, you know, on a scale of just NFL-level arm strength, uh, if that gets any any better, and, and, and if he keeps that accuracy, man, just give him a little bit of time. Let him learn this playbook. Let him learn how to get under center. And I think the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, and, and I think the Bears Bears
3: fans in general have been a little uh, fortunate in, in a sense. <laughs> I don't really know how, how fortunate they were with Jay Cutler's results over the last you know seven eight years. But uh, they, I, I think, a lot of people take for granted the the ability that Cutler had especially with his arm I think a lot of people kind of say okay well if he doesn't have that ability he's not going to be that same kind of quarterback and I mean we can point to multiple quarterbacks I mean somebody like Tom Brady and and my comparison uh more athletic uh, uh Matt Ryan is who I who Miss Trubisky reminds me of which is kind of why I wondered if uh you know uh San Francisco might go on that route with Shanahan but you know, we see these guys, and and especially with somebody like Matt Ryan, I think that's a little bit more realistic. And I think, I mean, he's somebody who ran a West Coast offense, that ran a pretty, I wouldn't say, you know, spot on, but I ran a similar uh, look to what uh, Dowell Loggins is going to be running. And, I mean, Trissi's got all the ability to be able to do that. So I think when fans are looking at what he's able to do and we're saying, OK, well, he doesn't have – the arm that Jay Cutler has that's not that's not a bad thing because a lot of this is mental I mean if this is somebody who can still make all the throws that need to need to be made and doesn't turn the ball over and makes those quote unquote easy passes that aren't easy passes and is able to do a better job of that I mean that's that's a big value um, and especially I mean we've seen it with some of the draft picks uh, and some of the undrafted freeds and some of the guys that they've they've got. Uh, it's very evident what the Bears are trying to do. They're trying to go in more of a speed direction. And quite frankly, I mean, you look at Adam Shaheen and he may be somebody and maybe we could jump into that. I'm not really sure if there's anything well, you know else you wanted let, to let say on
2: Trubisky. Yeah, let me, say, let me say one thing about that. I mean, like I mentioned before, the competition out there, it's it's tough to gauge any quarterback, especially uh, the top number one quarterback drafted in the in the draft. Uh, your first round pick, second overall pick. He should come out there and look great. And I think if you bring up a good point about how it being mostly mental. And you know, the good quarterbacks aren't necessarily the ones who have the best arms. I mean, that what, what I saw out of Trubisky is he has the the palate for the Bears to be able to build off of. You know, he has that stable foundation of all, having all the physical traits. When he runs too, I was able to see that speed up close. And yes, he's got legitimate speed. He's going to make defenses pay with his legs. But his the biggest challenge for uh, any NFL quarterback, but especially a young quarterback, is just being able to read defenses and make smart throws and not put the ball into harm's way. And we have really no idea if he's going to be able to do that against NFL-level competition until we get to see him out there. So, you know, as far as, you know, just a, you know, the final conclusion on Trubisky is, hey, the kid has all the physical tools. It's going to take a little bit, little while, but, you know, I, I do believe the sky's the limit. Now the Bears, you know, trying to have their work Cut out for them not only in a technique and, and fundamental standpoint, but also getting him ready in the uh, in the mental sense. But uh, I do think that he has the capacity to be a really, really good NFL quarterback. So Shaheen, you want to talk about him?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it, man. He right. seemed to be kind of the talk of camp with a lot of people outside of
2: Trubisky. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was pretty impressive. And when you saw him on film, you and I talked about it. It looked like he was playing against uh, high school players because he was just so big. And you thought, well, that's just Division Two, but. I mean, he was out there against, uh, you know, potential NFL competition. He still looked really, really big. I mean, 6'6", 200 and almost 80 pounds, 270 pounds. And he looked every bit of it. And I, 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 I saw really good balance out of him. And then that was kind of surprising. He had a couple of slips here and there. But overall, I thought, you know, coming out of his breaks, I thought he was pretty smooth. Uh, he showed good concentration, catching balls in traffic, had a couple of uh, plays where he had guys uh, draped all over him, still was able to make the play. And uh, down the seam, you know, again, the competition, it's a lower level of competition, but he just really was unstoppable. And the chemistry... Was immediate between Trubisky and Shaheen. I mean, they were rooming together during uh, during the weekend up at Lake Forest at the hotel. So uh, they're obviously building some off-field chemistry as well. But it was clear that Trubisky was trying to make the most of his first practices with Shaheen, and Shaheen really just stepped up to the plate and caught everything that was thrown his way. A couple sliding catches as well. I mean, really, I mean, again, I I, I hate to get too hyped about a player just at rookie minicamp, but. You know he definitely he he looked like baby dronch out there
3: well and it's and it's interesting with the whole rooming situation because i i think you can agree that wasn't on accident i mean that was that was and that's that's good i mean that's that's awesome sure. to see because you look at i mean outside of man i mean just looking at looking at their offensive weapons in general i like guess in quote unquote weapons uh there's not really much there that's proven so You talk about the the Bears coaching staff having their work cut out with Trubisky. I think they've got their work cut out as a whole with this offense. But there's a lot of upside here. And and we talk about it a lot with all the draft picks, but especially with a guy like Shaheen. Um, I like Shaheen. I didn't like him in the second round. I'll be completely honest about that. But I think he's somebody that even if you know even if he's not at the top of his game i think he's somebody that's going to be a big red zone target now uh i kind of want to get your perspective on this because i heard a few things that he was a lot chippier and more physical um than at least i'd seen on tape I, I think he got into a few shoving matches is that right
2: yeah i saw him shove a couple of different people um there was you know it was it those practices weren't too heated though so Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that does continue, but the the situation where I did see him shove two players, that was one where uh, a defender kind of, you know, kept pushing and shoving and getting in his face a little too long, and he he wasn't having it, so yeah, it was good to see at least a little bit of fire out of him.
3: Yeah, definitely, and and I think the biggest thing that you brought up when you talked about Shaheen is balance. Because I mean, we saw, especially in the Kellen Davis days, that dude had the balance <laughs> of a baby giraffe. I mean, and that's something that you you watch half the tight end class, especially kind of the lower level guys. Uh, Michael Roberts was somebody who really stood out for me. Dude had no balance, and it, 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 it. That was another thing uh, I think you would actually put in one of your uh, one of your camp reports that. It appeared at, at points that maybe Shaheen was a little top heavy, uh, mm-hmm. and and I think, I mean, you kind of have to wonder. I mean, he's six six, uh, at least from what i read, almost six seven. He's a big dude, and he's he's two hundred and seventy some odd pounds. So you almost kind of have to wonder if somewhere along the lines he may lose a little bit of weight, just because I don't know. I mean, are there any tight ends in the league even as big as he is right now? I mean, yeah, he's
2: he's really large, but the thing is, I, I it's not he's not a big, you know, as for like. he's probably like five percent body fat i mean he is just a big huge muscular guy and i think a lot of it's in his upper body and that's kind of what you know gave me the impression that he was top heavy uh while he was out there but i don't know i mean you you, you're sacrificing muscle if if he's going to lose some weight because i don't know you know i don't know if there's any fat to get rid of
3: yeah definitely and i I think as you look at this class i mean obviously every pick has its importance and trubisky is going to be the most important one but i think What's really going to help Trubisky along is if if he can come out, uh, Shaheen can come out and really you know be a presence right off the bat. And it's funny because you can actually go back and you can look at some of the rookie years the tight ends have. And I think this this may give Bears fans a little bit of perspective on a rookie year for Shaheen. Uh, most guys are averaging three or 400 yards this season. I have a huge list. I don't know where it's at. But, I mean, you can go back and you can look at even some of the big names like a Gronkowski, I think, had like 350 yards as rookie year. So... I think it's important, regardless of what goes on. I think when you look at this class as a whole, and obviously we'll get down and listen to some of these other guys, but people need to understand that this isn't about 2017. This the, Ryan Payson say we're going to take these guys because we want to win right now. This is going to be a process, but it's going to be a fun process. And I think, I think is especially as a fan for me, that's kind of the the best part because last year it was. It was there was definitely some optimism. And then the, the year before that, there was kind of like, oh, well, they may get better. But I mean, there's a lot of new stuff going on this year. And I think you can attest to just the amount of you know excitement there is at, in new directions. But the one thing I will say before we move away from Shaheen is now if he comes out and he plays well, obviously, they already signed Deion Sims to a decent deal. Uh, he's making, I think, a little over six million dollars a year. Does that leave Zach Miller as the odd man out? Oh,
2: I think you could you could keep Zach Miller. I mean, there's no reason to. I mean, you're going to keep probably three tight ends on the roster at least. So uh, Zach Miller was productive when he when he's healthy. I mean, he's rarely healthy, but at least now he's not your only option there. So you get a a, a, a formation where you have Zach Miller on one side, Shaheen on the other, in the red zone. I think that's a, that's a great weapon to have. I mean, two tight end sets, we've seen what the what the Patriots have been able to do with that. And if the Bears are, are you know, if Loggins is smart at all, you know, he'll utilize that. So I don't, I don't see any. I mean, it's not like the Bears are in, are in any cap trouble and they need to, to 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 get rid of any space. And and you know, Miller's just a good guy all around, a good guy in the locker room. So I think they hang on to all three. Why not, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I know
3: there's been some talk, and obviously he's not making nearly enough to say, okay, this guy's a cat problem. Uh, But I do wonder, you know, just especially because it seems, at least the gut feeling I get is that Deion Sims is probably going to be the starter in a lot of ways just because he's your wide tight end. I mean, he's kind of the guy that's going to be taking the majority of of those snaps. So it's going to be, I think, a lot of Zach Miller's future, depending on, you know, if he can even stay healthy, I think a lot of that's going to be determined in training camp and going into preseason. But like you said, having three good tight ends like that will be a nice plus. And I think that's also going to be nice because they're going to be able to have a lot of two tight end sets. And I think it'll definitely help uh, the receivers as a whole. Uh, so that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Sure. It's you going know, to be-
2: and it gives them depth at a position where they had no depth last year. That was the biggest problem. It was like, it was, if this, injury-prone tight end ends up getting hurt. We have no option, and sure enough, he gets hurt. And, you know, the Bears were just rolling out guys off the street after that. So, you know, there's a good chance that one of those guys is going to get hurt. And if that happens, if and when it does happen, you still have two guys who, uh, you know, can back them up and still produce. So that's a good problem to have.
3: Yeah, definitely. And I guess we can move on. Uh, do you want to move on to Cohen, or do you want to move on to Jackson? Because Jackson didn't really do much, right? Yeah,
2: Eddie Jackson, uh, He he participated in some of the warm-up stuff. And, uh, but he sat, sat out all of the team stuff, nothing in seven on sevens, nothing in 11 on 11. So, really, not a whole lot to talk with him. But uh, the Bears just said they're taking it easy with him, just going to work him back slowly. Uh, he said he's healthy when we talked to him after the draft. So, uh, you know, we'll, I expect we'll probably see him later on in OTAs, but uh, definitely by training camp. Now, just
3: from the pictures I've seen, one thing on Eddie Jackson, dude has got the smallest legs yeah, I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. And that kind of worries me. I'll be honest.
2: Well, you know, it's not his legs that worry me so much. It's more... I mean, obviously, hes he's got the leg injuries, and he was an injury risk. I mean, we know that, but he's still only a fourth-round pick, but... Uh. Uh, it's more about his tackling ability, and that was interesting when we talked about to uh, Vic Fangio. They said, "You know, what do you see in, in in Eddie Jackson?" And he was quick to mention the fact that he needs to learn how to tackle, and that was something one of my biggest issues with Jackson on film. So, uh, you know, it, it would it would benefit you know Bears aren't going to be able to hit much. No NFL team can hit much, but it's going to benefit him during those those padded practices to get out there and get an opportunity. Hopefully, those lights can stand up.
3: Yeah, definitely. Now we'll move on to the man with three nicknames: one of the chicken <laughs> salad, Big Daddy, and uh, the the human joystick. What is it? Yeah, human joystick. Uh, there's definitely a considerable amount of buzz around him. I think even somebody, some of the guys that didn't really like the pick uh, that were there were kind of a little taken aback by how uh, shifty this guy is. What's uh, what's
2: the word? Well. the... I, everything that I saw—if you go to bearreport.com, you can see the the film work I did on him after they drafted him—and everything that I saw on film, I saw up close. I mean, he is just exceptionally quick. He's—I mean, this is my seventh year, this is my seventh rookie minicamp, and I've seen a lot of players up close, and I don't think I've ever seen anybody as quick as him. I mean, he's just—he's uh, lightning fast. I mean, he's he stops on a dime, his stops and starts. I mean, he leaves guys just like grabbing armfuls of air. I, I mean, everything that I saw in film, I saw him do. Even when you just watch him doing the positional drills, when they're when they're running through the uh, you know the ropes and through the, the bags and stuff like that. I mean, everything that he does, you know, it's all quick. You know, the quick twitch stuff that you don't see from the other guys and that you don't see from a lot of NFL players. I mean, I think he, you know he's tiny, but. I saw a lot of power from him on film, and if he can, if he can carry any of that over, and at least bring some power to the table, along with what he brings it in a quickness standpoint, man, oh man! And the other thing is, you know, we we talked a lot about what he can do in the open field. He's going to get those opportunities because the Bears are. John Fox already mentioned their role for him will be not only. Uh, as a as a ball carrier you know part-time ball carrier but i think more specifically as a as a receiver and as a punt and a kick returner and the kid has 10 inch hands and i don't i didn't see him drop any passes i didn't see him drop many passes in college either the 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 few tapes that are out there uh for for Cohen, but i think he has great hands i think he has great potential as a uh receiver as a third down back uh more potential than jeremy Langford does and you get that ball in the open, get him the ball in the open field. My goodness, I mean, just just from what I saw over the weekend, and you know, like my head was swimming with, you know, images of him just breaking, you know, six or seven ankles and going for seventy yards. I mean, I know, I know he's small. I know that he's got to stay healthy with that size. But I think the Bears have they have plans for him. And I think if he if he's as quick and as shifty and, and hard to tackle as he showed on film, which I think he is, yeah, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
3: Well, and maybe it's just me, but I've been one of those guys going back quite a few years that always kind of wanted that that speed guy that uh, that darren Sproles type and there's been a few guys through the draft including somebody that had in uh this week was denard robinson he kind of i felt like he was going to be a guy that fit that role when he's first drafted and there's been De'Anthony thomas names over the years and the years so i'm glad the bears finally got somebody like that because i know a lot of people look at him and like why would you take a five six running back in the fourth round when you only have five picks and it's like if you go back and you watch him, and granted, there's very little actual uh, full game footage of him, but if he, even going back and watching his highlights kind of gives you an idea of what this guy's about. And I think it's key for people to understand, uh, once again, that it, these guys are going to play roles. He's not going to take 30, uh, you know, 25, 30 snaps a game. I mean, he's not going to be somebody who's going to be out there a ton on offense, but he's also somebody who... You know, in the ways that the Bears tried using Devin Hester there at the end. And I think that's kind of the role that they're going to want him to play in terms of maybe not so much downfield because he's not that big, but that speed threat, you know, getting that guy on the field like a Tavon Austin where the defense is like, okay, we need to, you know, we need to keep an eye on this guy type of thing. And I think that's going to go a long way i mean you, you talk about what they lack at receiver and what they lack at receiver uh they've added that tight end and then they add somebody like cohen who in my opinion is a very good add-in like he brought up i mean special teams i mean he's somebody who can take he'll probably be more of a punt returner i would assume i don't know how much they'll use him in terms of a, a kickoff returner uh, i think he's better suited as a punt returner just because he's so shifty uh but i mean man there's if if you can get somebody like that in the fourth round, especially going back the last few years and looking at the Bears' fourth round picks, if you can get somebody like that in the fourth round, I think you're doing pretty good. And I think a role player. I mean, the Bears don't really have role players on offense. They don't really have role players on the roster in general. So to get somebody who has the ability to be that third down back, the ability to be in the slot and make plays, uh, you know, whether that be out of the backfield or in the slot on a you know ten to fifteen snap basis. And also have uh, punt return ability, which is something – I mean, do we really want to go back to the days of Mark Mariani? I mean, no. you know, it, I, I think there's a lot of upside with this pick, even if he is a gimmicky type player. When was the last time the Bears had had somebody like that, you know?
2: Yeah, and I, I, you, the, what he brings on offense, there's going to be a lot of value, uh, even if it's only 10 snaps, like you mentioned. I mean, the Bears have one of the best running backs in the NFL in Jordan Howard, but he's that between-the-tackles type And Jeremy Lankford just hasn't proven to be the the change of pace back that the Bears need. And I think that Cohen brings uh, better pass-catching ability and better... uh, You know, he... Better ability to make defenders miss. I mean, that's that's the biggest knock with Jeremy Lankford is the, the minute he, get tu- he gets touched, he's down. And, he, you know, you never see him. You hardly ever see him make a move to make a dime miss in open space. And I think you're going to see a ton of that out of Cohen. But beyond that, I mean, you mentioned getting a, a, a quality punt returner in the fourth round. The Bears potentially have two of those with Eddie Jackson. If he ever gets out there, remember, he was a great kick re- uh, punt returner. Uh, In college, so I mean that's gonna be really good competition. Deontay Thompson uh, still has that speed, so uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that that goes. And it's great that they did address even if even if Cohen and Jackson only see sporadic reps on offense or defense, if they can have an impact as returners, an area that's been uh, you know like you mentioned with Mariani and some of the other guys that they've thrown out there the past few years really ignored and really you know lacking in that explosive talent and if either one of those guys emerges as that type of player then they were well worth that fourth round pitch i agree
3: well definitely and then you got another guy uh, that they signed you know benny cunningham who's going to be right in the mix for that right. as well so right. i think special teams as a whole uh, especially on the on the return side both a kick return and a punt return should should be much improved so i think the last draft pick we have to cover here before we get in some of the undrafted free agents is jordan morgan now i know a lot of people have talked about him he's what little little under six three i think he's listed as six three but i think he was like six two and five eights or something like that now I, this is a pick that kind of caught me a little bit off guard just because they seem set at the guard position uh did he take any snaps at tackle or is this is
2: he truly going to be a guard moving forward no i didn't take any snaps at tackle he took all of his snaps at uh, left guard and uh you know it's really tough to gauge offensive linemen when they don't have pads on. None of these none of these practices were padded. They were just wearing shorts and jerseys. You know the the offensive and defensive linemen can't really uh, go a hundred percent. But no no snaps at offensive tackle. Even though he did play there throughout his uh, at left tackle throughout his collegiate career, I don't think they have. I mean that's what Ryan Pay said. They said they saw him as a guard, and I think that's where he's probably going to stay. If they you know in an emergency situation, if they need to slide him out there, maybe. Uh, he can he can he can uh, jump in in that role, but uh, I think yeah he's probably going to be your guard, and you know we'll get a much better feel for him once they get the pads out in training camp.
3: Yeah, definitely. It and I think obviously you know Morgan's not quite the the sexy pick or whatever, but I think this is somebody once again going back to roles. I mean he's going to be somebody who probably isn't going to be. I wouldn't even expect him to be active that much on game day, just with the you know the amount of uh, depth that they have. At the position right now, but he's somebody that I mean, Josh Sitton's getting up there in age, and he's he's on the second year of a three-year deal, so I think he's somebody to, to closely monitor as things go on because he's somebody that could have a lot of value.
2: I well, mean, and I mean, Kyle Long missed a bunch of time last year. Ronas strassu didn't even play last year. I mean, the Bears, despite the talent that they have along the interior of the offensive line, those guys have struggled to stay healthy. So, uh, you know, they they mentioned even after the draft, Payson Fox. You know, this wasn't a guy that or wasn't a position of real need. But they couldn't pass him up, and if one guy goes down, then all of a sudden Jordan Morgan has a lot of value as a swing guard. So I I don't, you know, if you have a quarterback as your number one draft pick, I understand the thought behind getting a a big tight end, a shifty running back, and and a a potential uh, interior blocker to to keep him upright. I mean, I understand adding those pieces to make sure that, you know, you give your quarterback, put him in the best uh, position to succeed.
3: Well, yeah, in depth that offensive line as a whole. I mean, that's just something. I mean, the the last guy that we really saw that was kind of a luxury pick like that was Charles Leno and he's been starting to left tackle oh, last yeah, two years. Exactly. So, I mean, there's nothing there's nothing really wrong with the fifth round picks. Now we'll get in the undrafted free agents here and just some of the tryouts. Now, the one thing I will say that I, I that I noticed they signed one guy that, that to me that's a little weird because normally. You get a ton of tryout guys in there, and they sign multiple guys, and they make multiple roster moves. They signed one guy, and that was Titus Davis, who's Corey Davis's older brother, who actually retired at the end of last season, which I thought was kind of strange, came back. Uh, they ended up cutting uh, Kermit Whitfield— but who stood out as far as uh, the trial guys, undrafted free agents, or any of the names that people really aren't familiar with? Sure.
2: Well, I, I'll tell you what. I didn't think Titus Davis really stood out to me. I, mean, and that did, I, I didn't see him do anything negative, you know. but I, he didn't, it wasn't like he was making plays all over the field. It was a little surprising that he was the guy who got picked. Uh, but as far as the undrafted free agents, a few guys that uh, we talked about before uh, in last week's podcast, uh, Franco House, the former Ball State basketball player, uh, one of the concerns that we had was, was is he the next Fendi Onabun? Can he catch the, the football? And I can uh, assure you, he he does have better hands than Onabun did. Uh, the biggest problem with house is uh, he really lumbers, really lacks acceleration, but he does have big size and has, has decent hands, made a few really nice touches down the seam. So uh, there's a little bit of potential there, but the, you know he's obviously a work in progress. Uh, now, what, did we decide what his last name? Joel, the running back out of northern Illinois. Boagnon? Uh, Boagnon? Yeah, maybe. Um, 6'2", 228 pounds. Big running back. But I'll tell you what, he doesn't... He's not, you know, uh, a, a big Christian Okoye lumbering style uh, player. I, in my mind, outside of uh, Cohen, when they were doing the, the running back positional drills, he was the most uh, fluid of all the running backs, and the most athletic it appeared. So, you know, not only does he bring that size, uh, he he brings really good one-card ability and burst and acceleration, good balance. I mean, overall, he looked like an NFL running back, so uh, definitely a guy worth watching, especially if you know, just because the of future of, of Jeremy Lankford, uh being being so uncertain, uh, I think that running back position is going to be wide open. So we'll see. You know, a guy worth paying attention to as we move along here. And uh, Tanner Gentry, he was my guy of all the undrafted free agents. Man, he was the most impressive of the bunch. Made a number of really nice catches. I mean, it looked like him and Trubisky have been playing football together for a while. And, uh, you know, he's another big guy. six. Let me see, 6'2", 210, two, uh, out of Wyoming. And, you know, really you're trying to get that feel that he's a te- you know really intelligent player and you know he has that uh you know the, the knowledge and the smarts to find those open uh, seams in the uh, in zone coverage, but also you know just that size alone allows him to make a lot of plays on the football. And he was throwing up against some smaller receivers at camp, and they really just had no no answer for him, particularly deep down the field. So I think if if that chemistry is with Trubisky and Gentry is able to carry over, and they're probably going to get a lot of reps together just because they'll be working in the same like second team uh, during uh, OTAs and training camp. Uh, you know that that that's a good opportunity for Gentry to sneak onto the roster, especially a roster that has really a lot of questionable factors at the wide receiver position. I really like Gentry; he's probably my favorite guy of the bunch. And finally, Roy Robertson Harris uh, was there. Uh, there was one of the uh, maybe uh, I want to say seven or eight veterans that were uh, in attendance. Remember, Robertson uh, Harris was uh, placed on the injured slash illness list last year, trying to just start a redshirt season. We worked at outside linebacker last season during training camp but the Bears are actually working at working him at defensive end uh, in their three four base sets during uh the this year's rookie minicamp so he's he switched positions and which I, I thought was interesting because he, he, you know we're talking about a, a six seven 270 pound player who just you know it looks he's, he's a physical specimen so inside it's to be interesting to see what he can do because he really you know we didn't really get a chance to see him last year at outside linebacker
3: yeah, and and I think what's key about him and is the fact that the Bears went out of their way to be like, you know, we're gonna stick you away somehow. And I thought that was that was interesting because at least going back to my draft evaluations last year, wasn't nearly as in depth this year, but he was somebody that I think I, I had right around a fifth round grade on. So I mean this is he's somebody that has the talent. I mean, very, very raw. Uh that's that's the biggest thing. He came out of UTEP, uh but I mean, like you said, he's a physical specimen. And I, I definitely think it's interesting because I think I read on the roster that he was somewhere right about right around 270. That's what they had him listed as. Now, it's interesting because he trains with somebody uh, and they post a lot of stuff on Twitter. And the last thing that I had seen was stating that he was right around 285, which was the whole entire reason why I thought he was moving to defensive line in the first place. So, I mean, even then, and that's that's definitely kind of pushing it as far as a base 3-4 uh, defensive end. But then again, I mean, they're they're going to kind of need uh, that that Cornelius Washington role, that, that big athletic freak type of guy. But I think what this does is I think this is going to put pressure on a guy like uh, Mitch Unrine. I mean, because you, you look at the first, I'd say, probably four spots between – uh, Keem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, uh, Jay Howard, and Jonathan Bollard because he was a third-round pick last year. Those are guys that have already locked on the roster, I would say. So you've got one to two positions. Uh, you've got some versatility within there. So I think you're going to see Unryan. You're going to see guys like uh, Roy Robertson-Harris. And I think people, people who aren't really familiar with him, I'd say get familiar with him just because I do think the Bears like him.
2: Yeah, they I, they absolutely like him. I mean, like you mentioned, they went out of their way to find a way to keep him on the roster without losing him uh, to to another team because it, the the physical tools are all there. And if he is up to 285, and it's it's, it's difficult to judge. I mean, I, I, I I'm not a guy at a Carnival who can who can figure out guys' weights. I but that, that's always been very difficult for me. But if he is at 285 pounds, and it wouldn't surprise me if he is. He is like I said, he's just huge. He's massive. I think there's potential for him because I never really saw, like you mentioned, he's a little bit raw and he doesn't necessarily have a, a ton of burst. So maybe just getting that getting that bulk on him, uh, combined with his strength, combined with his height, that might have, give him the ability to have some uh, you know some penetrative ability as well as some two-gap ability at that five-technique position. A uh, player to watch, definitely, as we keep going forward here. Anybody else we want to... Oh, one of, one of the players I want to mention was uh, Andy Phillips, the kicker out of Utah, who we had who discussed a little bit uh, last week. Did not get an opportunity to see him kick this week. Bears never did field goal drills, so all the all of you guys who were interested to see how this kid looked, you're going to have to wait a little while. I'm sure we get a, a look at some point during OTAs here, coming up over the next three weeks. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't. I, I don't know. I don't know how good he is. We'll have to see.
3: Yeah. See, that was that was because I had two guys that I had in mind, and Andy Phillips was definitely one of them. Man, I, I don't know what it is. He's a kicker. I shouldn't really care but that's my guy I yeah. don't know what it is man I they, he's just there's just something about him like he that's that's my guy that's that's who that's the one guy that I'm gonna be really excited about to see you know if he can if he can make something because I honestly believe at least granted it's you know it's all college but i I think he can beat out connor uh Connor Barth and honestly I think he's a better kicker we'll see uh but it's kind of disappointing that that they didn't really do anything with him now the one guy I wanted to ask about because I thought it was very interesting right before rookie minicamp started, uh, they cut Paul Lasicki. And so now they only have one fullback on the roster. But actually going back and watching Freddie Stevenson out of FSU, dude's actually pretty good. I think he's a little on the short side. I think he's what, he's what 5'10", uh, and not your prototypical, you know, physical freak. Of, you know, well, I wouldn't say freak, but he's not going to go over there and just completely knock guys' heads off. But how did he look overall? I mean, yeah. Is this somebody who could make a roster spot?
2: Well, he is kind of a... I mean, he's 6'1". He's 6'1", 241, so he's not small. Um, And yeah, it's interesting that you bring him up. I'm I'm actually going to have... Either later on tonight or early tomorrow, I was doing. I did film work with Stevenson today just to get a better feel of what they have because, like you mentioned, they got rid of Lisicky, and it's like, well, what do we? What are the Bears have? the only fullback on the roster, and I think he's more of an H back. I like you mentioned. I don't think he's your, your typical fullback, but he does bring good power at the point of attack, and he'll knock over smaller players. Uh, I, he wasn't used a whole lot as a receiver for FSU, but the the few times that he did get the ball, he I mean he showed good hands and and showed good speed. I think he only ran a four seven five, but looked a little bit faster than that on film. I thought he I saw him catch a number of balls during positional drills. I paid attention to him just because I'm, I'm trying to have a guy who's infatuated with fullbacks because it's a dying breed. But I, I you know I'm, I I've always wanted the Bears to have that fullback. I don't think they've had a legitimate one since Tyler Klutz, but. Um, you know, I watched him, and I thought that he, you know his hands look pretty decent. And I think if, if he can, can continue to show that, uh, that gives him an opportunity. Obviously, once the pads get on, it, it's going to be a different story. He's got to be able to show that he can lead through the hole. But as a move back, as an H back, I think there's a little bit of potential there for Stevenson. Uh, you know, particularly if the Bears want to lean on Jordan Howard and the run game uh, with, the, with the you know and make that the focal point of the offense, it makes sense to have a fullback out there. So. I hope Stevenson's the guy because I think I think that would show their dedication to the rushing attack and it would force Logans to you know, you know, or at least give him more incentive uh, to to use the best player that they have on offense, more Jordan Howard.
3: Yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to be somebody that we're going to have to. An eye on. I'm not 100% sold that they're going to keep a fullback, but I mean, if they're going to keep one, he's probably going to be the guy. I would assume that it's either going to be four tight ends or three tight ends in the
2: fullback. Yeah, I, I think it's unlikely that, that he ends up on the roster. I mean, that. Uh, in talking with John Fox a few times the last couple of years, he was a fan of Lisicky, and I'm not exactly sure why they were never really able to use him as much as they wanted to. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I know Fox would like to have a fullback out there. But again, it all, like you mentioned, it comes down to you know roster, uh, you know all the the different uh, ways that you have to look at the roster and where you have to make those cuts. And a lot of times. You know, a lot of they just don't see the fullback as the value as much as we would love to have a fullback on the roster. That's it, guys. Our uh, post rookie mini camp evaluations. uh went through the draft picks, some other guys. We will start OTAs next week. So each Tuesday uh, throughout the next three weeks, Media um, will have access to those practices, full practices. I don't believe they will be padded. I can almost guarantee they're not going to be padded. Um, but we'll get a full look at these draft picks, along with the veterans, and then following that, uh, four weeks from now, uh, the three-day veteran minicamp, the mandatory minicamp will start, and then we're headed to a training camp. So we're right in it. I mean, we're, we're, the steamroller ha- or the the steam engine is, is on the tracks, and uh, I'm loving it. I'm looking forward to it. I Hope you guys are too. Uh, be sure to follow Aaron at on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. Give me a follow at Bear Report. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. Come check out all our work at bearreport.com as well as our Bear Report Facebook page. And come talk to us every day at the BearReport.com message boards. That's it, guys. We'll talk to you next week after the first OTA practice. Have a good one.